And you're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio for this Saturday, the 2nd of March. Spring fully sprung, Porek. It sure has. Yeah, it's I been a fantastic spring so far. It you're really has. very welcome back. And it's I know great. lots of people uh, already saying that via text, etc., along with questions, mind you. But yes, absolutely good to have you back in studio uh, for the spring summer season here on Midwest Radio. I'm looking forward to it already. Where? Are we going to start? start? Well, I thought we might start where, I mean, the spring has been has been really so good. Um, the weather has been brilliant since January. It's been such a mild winter, really. It has been a bit extraordinary, almost. It has. And, and somebody was even asking me during the week, um, you know, it, the, the rain levels have been quite low this year. We haven't had the flooding that we tend to get in, in the past number of years. So, um, you know, moisture levels are still quite quite low, even though we have plenty of rain th- this and morning. Yes, and it, it is a, a bit of welcome, flooding, yeah. to be quite honest. Um, but the weather conditions have been superb, really, for since January. I was in Dublin during the week, and the magnolias are in full flower. I even the see Coast. them in but well, there are buds, buds yeah. around our areas. But so yeah. the season, the season is certainly a couple of weeks ahead. I mean, the daffodils were flowering before uh, December, and and um, it's that southerly wind that we're having at the moment. You know, we're getting that lovely southerly breeze, which are keeping the temperatures really high, and yeah. the t- temperatures have been well above average. You know, four or five degrees above a- average right through. The, with the winter and spring period and soil temperatures are quite warm as well so hence we're getting so much new growth so early in the year I don't think the grass actually has stopped growing all winter I don't think it has either and now it was slow uh, but I even just looking at my own I could see and goodness knows it definitely needs to be cut now oh, it yeah. hasn't been done as yet although I have noticed some people have been out already over the last week or two with uh, lawnmowers but just time didn't allow but you can't I could see it literally bit by bit, bit by bit by bit now long, yeah. and now it's really fully ready for well, a haircut. Done. I, I was mm. out for a cycle actually on St. Stephen's Day just after Christmas and I met four or five people cutting their grass no on way. Stephen's Day. Okay. So I mean it's been starting that early. Um, and, and look at speaking about lawns if you if you can get out certainly in the next over the next week or if you have trimmed your lawn that's great but do get out there and trim it because that growth is going to continue and the longer you leave it the more difficult it's going to be. Um, so lawn care. So it's been a terrific start to the spring there's lots to be done and plants have been responding to that uh, growth. One of the, the tasks I did last week myself was to prune the roses because the roses have been growing since January. There was inch long new growth on the top of roses. So if you can get out this weekend or over the next couple of days, my advice is to start with your roses, get them pruned back, disregard any new growth that's on the top of the of the stems and cut them back to within six or eight inches of ground level. Tidy them up, remove any dead wood, put on a little bit of winter wash at this time of year and that removes any bugs that might be on the uh, stems of plants and I am expecting a kind of a year we hadn't had the cold frosty weather to kill off a lot of the aphids and green fly and yeah. caterpillars so, so are they going to be they're going to be there I think in abundance this spring um, so be mindful of that so prune your roses back give them a spray of the winter wash that'll get them off to a good start and indeed you could start feeding them from now on and encouraging some new growth on roses and the soil conditions are absolutely ideal for the planting of roses as well. So if you want a little bit of colour later on in June or July or August, mm. then over the next week or 10 days or fortnight the, uh, we have ideal conditions for planting roses and planting plants in general. Uh, so it's a really good time and we get lots of questions on roses every year. People tend to leave them very late in terms of pruning. So my advice is if you can, over the next week or 10 days or fortnight, 
prune the roses back, tidy them up. It's time for cutting back the hydrangeas, and I know you have the, the lovely phantom I have, hydrangea. Yes. Annabelle, is it An- Annabelle? An- uh, Annabelle, yes. Annabelle the in the garden. Yeah. So they're the paniculata hydrangeas, which flower on new growth, growth every year, a bit like roses. And now is the time for you to get out. And get they're pruned. done. Are they? Well, <laughs> they're there done. Well done. So that's any, all that's done, but they're any, done. Any of the paniculata varieties like Annabelle, Phantom, Bobo, um, um, Vanilla Freeze, those lovely varieties. They, the flowers are, are more like a, a an ice cream cone aren't they? Mm. Well, Annabelle, I suppose, is, is more rounded. It's a kind of moppy head, yeah. yes. Yeah. But, they, but certainly the Bobo and, and Phantom, those with that cone-shaped hydrangeas, you can prune them back now and you can cut them quite hard. And the mop head varieties, they also should be trimmed now, but just removing the old growth. So we're coming into that time, really, of pruning, the pruning of plants, particularly the summer flowering plants. Budleas, for example, the lovely butterfly bush that produces the six-inch long flowers, again, cone-shaped flowers in July and August. They should be cut at this time of year. So you're Summer flowering plants like roses, hydrangeas, bodleias, spireas, all of those plants that reward us with colour in June, July, August, September. Now is the time to start trimming those back and tidying them up. Anything that's flowering at the moment, and I noticed I mentioned the magnolias, Mm. but even driving up this morning, the lovely forsythiae, the bright yellow forsythiae, is absolutely covered in flowers. And I'm predicting a year where things like cherries and and apple trees and all of those spring flowering plants are going to flower in abundance because of the good summer. The heat last year helps to ripen the wood and we're already seeing it. You can see it with the purple leaf plums, the lovely pink flowers, um, they're cherry-like single yes. flowers. They're, they're absolutely covered in flower this year. White thorn will be covered, black thorn will be covered in flowers this year. So I, I'm predicting a spring of fantastic, fantastic colour. fabulous colour. Okay, well, <laughs> you that, heard it here first now and we're going to hold him to it, hopefully. Uh, yeah, but um, you can see it already, dear. Yeah. Like the, the and of, interesting, I suppose, that uh, the, the effects of last year, yeah. it, how they are now going to, I suppose, make their presence felt as Absolutely, such uh, because the for heat, this year. What happens when you get that really strong heat is that the growth actually stops. Plants stop physically growing and that growth, that energy is turned into the production of flower buds. So the, the plants are under a little bit of stress with the heat the tent the wood tends to ripen really well and therefore you, you the plant actually triggers itself into producing flower buds and that's what you're going to see particularly with the spring flowering plants so i think it's going to be a terrific year for cherries flowering cherries for apple trees pear trees plums we can expect an abundance of flower um, I think this coming spring. So any of the spring flowering plants, we leave well enough alone at this time of year. The lovely red flowering, um, red currant is just coming into flower at the moment. Forsythia is beginning to bloom at the moment. Any of the early flowering spireas, you, you enjoy the colour and then after they finish flowering, they can be trimmed back. The pruning of apple trees can happen. So fruit trees in general, and my own apples are beginning to, you can see the new growth mm-hmm. already starting on apple trees. So if you haven't pruned your apples and your fruit trees, do it over the next week or 10 days again. So things like gooseberries, blackcurrants, raspberries and blueberries um, and apple trees should be trimmed now at this time of year. And again, you can put on the winter wash to get rid of any bugs. Hedging plants have been growing. So things like laurel and grisolini and escalonia have been putting on new growth. So again, if you get get an opportunity, give them a little trim back, um, tidy them up, give them a feed and they'll kick into growth straight away. And indeed, young hedging plants, so people may have planted hedging plants this time last year or last summer. Again, trim those back lightly because that'll encourage a bushy, 
a bushier plant, a fuller plant. Um, so it's very much that type of thing that this time of year, the pruning back of plants, the tidying of plants and preparing for new growth by feeding plants as well. We mentioned the lawn care and look at the moss. I see there's loads of questions in this morning yeah. on moss <laughs> that we'll get to later. But look, at the, the, the treatment there is to get on the zero now if you can. Um, if we get a dry hour even today or tomorrow, a bit, you know, all, that's all you need is about an hour of dry weather. Apply the zero, give the lawn a bit of a feed as well and it'll kick it back in, into growth. We're also in the time of year of sowing seeds. So your garden centres are full of vegetable seeds, herb seeds, flower seeds indeed. A lot of those can be germinated indoors. So our homes are still very warm. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of uh, artificial heat, uh, you know, with radiators and fires. So it's the perfect environment if you want to sow some sweet peas or some flowers for later on during the summer. Or indeed, if you want to start some vegetables, um, they can be started indoors. And many can be planted outdoors this time of year. So the little baby vegetable plants are yeah. available now for the little planting. plug plants or whatever. Yeah, they're ready for, to go, for going out now. And they are frost uh, hardy, so they're perfectly fine. Things like garlic, onions, and um, they can all be sown um, out of doors from bulbs at this time of year. Looking at the rhubarb, the rhubarb is actually a foot tall at the moment. It's nearly ready for picking. Really? Yeah. Okay. Particularly that early variety, Timberly Early. So if you've got that in your garden, I'd say within another week or 10 days, you can start picking the first of that. It's a good time of year to feed rhubarb as well, just to push it on a little bit extra. So you're going to have rhubarb sticks um, early this year, particularly if you've got the early varieties and that Timberly Early is one of the best. It's a red-sticked rhubarb. It's generally ready for picking around St. Patrick's Day, but it's going to be early this year. And also it's a good time for planting rhubarb if you'd like a, a, a little bit of rhubarb in the garden. I brought you in some bulbs yes. as well. We tend to so associate so the, the planting of bulbs with kind autumn of, and spring well, pre-Christmas I always say. Yeah, anyway, and daffodils yeah. and tulips and they're all flowering now because they were planted in the autumn. But there's a whole range and collection of bulbs that can be planted for summer colour. Okay, so, so things, what, what are we looking at? Well, I brought you in things like dahlias. Okay. The dahlias are such a... Uh, always uh, great bit of yeah, colour. This is one called oh, rock. Oh, wow. is lovely? Oh, yes. That's rocco, which is a beautiful okay, purple. I mean, yeah, it's really Isn't deep it nice? and the, those heads are really full. Full. Really, yeah. They're kind of a drumstick type um, dahlia so a tight very tight head brilliant for cutting so the bulbs are simply potted up at this time of year indoors so if you've got a greenhouse a polytunnel maybe a patio a covered patio structure a conservatory any kind of bright covered structure pot up your dahlias in pots or trays or anything at all I mean they They've like little fingers and yes. you just stick them into the pots. They, they sprout within a couple of weeks and then you plant them out generally around the middle, about the early part of May. But dahlias for me are one of the best because they flower from June until often up to Christmas, certainly up to November. And if you continually cut the flowers, they come back year after year. So that's one called Rocco. There's other varieties like uh, Boom Boom, which is a red variety, lovely long stemmed red variety. Um, lots of really good ones. Some of them are single flowering, which are brilliant for the pollinators, the honeybees love the single flowering dahlias and they're available in garden centres at the moment. But it, this is the time of year we tend to forget um, things like gladioli if you want something to cut during yes. the summer. Look at those. That's one called Violet okay. Sunset. So stunning. So we have, um, they're kind of, there's two different varieties in that, is yeah, that it? Yeah, there's two yeah. different colours. Um, so you've got a really vivid orange and a beautiful kind of... Deep uh, purple. Deep purple, mm -hmm. yeah. And again, gladioli, they can actually be planted 
directly out of doors. So they're frost hardy. You just dig up the soil, you plant them into the soil, cover them over. And away you go. And away they go. And they're great for children because if you plant them now, they'll be ready for cutting in certainly the end of June. And they produce huge long stems. They are really stunning. So there's lots of bulbs that can be planted at this time of year. The canna lilies, scented lilies um, can be planted. All the dahlia varieties, the gladioli, nerines, which generally flower in July Mm. and August. Um, So they can be potted up some can be planted directly out into the garden like agapanthus um, the gladioli uh, the, the, the lily bulbs they can be go straight into the garden soil or others can be started off indoors like begonias or dahlias start them off indoors but, you know your, your, your uh, home is warm now at the moment so it's going to encourage them on really, really quickly. quickly before we go to the questions we're going to talk about veggie pods, aren't we? We are. Because yeah. I, yeah, I know you've been on with Tommy and there has been a competition running. I got a fantastic response to it. So this is a this is a new grow uh, product. It's a grow table, effectively, um, that I saw in Germany uh, last year at a, at a trade show. And basically what it is, is a self-contained table. Mm-hmm. So it holds water. You fill it with compost. It's got a foot depth of, of compost, so it's suitable for growing potatoes or strawberries or salad crops or onions or whatever you want, tomato, mm-hmm. bush tomatoes. And it comes with a covered structure. So right. the, the roof literally clips down. So you basically fill it with organic compost. You plant whatever you want to plant, your five a day or your, your bush tomatoes or potatoes or whatever you want. Yep. And you close the lid. And the lid creates this microclimate. Um, so I gave away one on, on Tommy's programme. We asked the primary schools to get involved and we had over 400 entries. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the, the winners were Craigmore School in Clare Galway. Oh, so we congratulations. Up to the I know that school. Galway. Yes, indeed. And um, so I'm going to be going out there, not this coming week, the following week, um, to plant the veggie pod up with the children. So is there any limitations as to what we can plant in this? There isn't really. And the veggie pod, because it's got a covered structure, yeah. it's like a mini tunnel I'm, on I, stilts. I'm th- okay, so I know we're, we're talking about it in the context of younger people at the minute, but I can see, because it, yeah, it's on stilts, so it's kind of up at round waist height it or is. whatever. It is. Um, so I'm thinking of people who maybe are moving on a little bit in years and find the bending a little bit difficult, uh, that it's all kind of on the one level. So yeah. it might be for the for gardeners who do struggle maybe a little bit it's for as years progress. The very first one I sold mm. was to um, a, a, a set of grandparents okay. that bought it to teach their six-year-old grandchild how okay. to grow his vibe a day. Fantastic. But so it's, it is. It's suitable for everyone. Even mm. people that maybe have a disability in a wheelchair. I'm just thinking, yeah, where mobility perfect. might be a little mobility bit of a challenge for people. Yes. Look, at we. I, I, I really fell in love with it for, for, for really encouraging children to plant. It's particularly good for schools because it holds water. So it holds each, there's three different sizes. The largest unit holds 32 litres of water. So if the school is off for the Easter period, you simply just close the lid and you walk away. It's got enough water in it to, to keep the plants so going kind for of, a minimum of to two To a degree, weeks. it's self-hydrating, or at least the, the hydration aspect is being maintained. Exactly. Yeah. There's a reservoir just underneath the soil. The roots of the plants go down into that. So through osmosis, the water is wicked back up as the plants need it. And all the nutrition, so if you're feeding the plants, mm. that's not lost. It doesn't spill out onto the ground. It's, it's self-contained within the unit, and you're reusing the nutrition again. So the veggie pod would be able to be, I mean, 
perfect use would be things, new potatoes, all the salad crops or the vegetables, you know, the lettuce, onions, radishes, beetroots, all those quick maturing, short stemmed carrots. You could grow it simply with herbs if you want. So it comes in three different sizes. The smallest unit would be perfect for kitchen herbs. Just simply plant the whole thing with kitchen herbs. You close down the lid, you let them grow, and as you want to use them, you go out and just trim the... And does the lid have to be opened at any point or is, is, is does it allow the you light sunlight? You certainly have to open it when you want to pick it. Well, the apart <laughs> from... Oh, sorry. I'm <laughs> during the... Gro- yes. I'm thinking in terms of um, how it would be good if you had problems with pigeons and things like that. That's the beauty of it. The cover the cover isn't plastic. It's actually... Yeah. A, it's a very... Like a mesh. Um, it's a mesh. It's a very fine mesh. So it keeps aphids out. It keeps carrot root fly out. It keeps the caterpillars out. So from people that want to grow organically, you can fill it with organic compost. You can plant it with organic plants and you don't need to use pesticides in to, to actually grow the vegetables and one of the things I was saying to Tommy and, and, and really it'll be a theme this year something I did in my own garden last year planting the, the um, salad crops in particular, rather than cutting them I peel them Remember, I was, we were chatting about yes. that. I planted them up yeah. in, in containers. So one of the things I would encourage with the veggie pod is rather than actually cutting that lettuce plant, you just simply go out, and I, I'll be teaching the kids this, how to actually peel what you need. And it's like taking a few leaves off a tree. The, the leaves come back again. So same with a lettuce plant. It will regrow again. So the one plant can continually give you so it's kind of like cotton comb sort it's, of thing. Exactly. Mm. Or you can literally peel them as well, an iceberg lettuce, mm. rather than cutting it. And let's be honest, most of it ends up, it, or half well, it can end up in yeah, the bin. It's a, yeah. So it's a great way to grow them. So the veggie pod, I'm, it's something, it'll be a theme this year. We'll go out to the, the Craigmore School a couple of times over the spring season, see how, see how the on. children are getting on. We, fun things like strawberries, I'm going to get them to grow. Um, so it's... It's, it's really encouraging children to get back into growing and this veggie pot is a great way to do it. But as you say, it appeals to... to um, well, I'm just thinking of it in, a, in the context of uh, things that I see going on, say, in our house. Um, so uh, these the mesh aspect is a brilliant idea yeah. because uh, that's done uh, using all kinds of implements at the moment right. um, where there are pigeons and there are rabbits and things okay. like that. Well, then, so it kind of yeah. it removes that aspect. It does, of course. Well, yeah. everything is up at, so mm. first of all, the plants it's are growing at waist high mm. and the cover unit then keeps it, basically creates a microclimate. The plants will grow 50% faster and you'll need up to 80% less watering with it. With it. The unit as well is portable so you can wheel it. You can it. move it around. You can wheel it. So if, if needs be... Oh, can, so it's it, on wheels, is it? Yeah, it can okay. actually be brought into with the classroom if, if necessary. So look, that's going to be a theme of the programme. We had a fantastic uh, entry all, all over Mayo, Roscommon, Galway um, schools. Well done to Craigmore. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to going out. I'm actually going to go out, build the unit with the kids. We're going to fill it up, we're going to plant it, and then I'll come back out a couple of weeks later and we'll just see how they're getting on with it and see the fun see, aspect. And, brilliant. And see, yeah. what, see, see, see what sort of questions they have. That's and I'm done to see what they want to grow in it. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things I'd like to grow is some edible flowers. So rather than just all vegetables, teach them about... And I was watching... Um I was watching one of the chefs there, I can't think of his name, but he was using a beautiful dish he prepared, a seafood dish, but he used all the edible flowers as well, like violas and pansies and nasturtiums and was chatting about that as well. Neville Maguire. Neville Maguire. Actually, I, think I'm, he's, I know he's doing a bit of a, a, a programme around the coast. Yeah, yeah. seafood I think program. I might have seen that actually yeah. and I'm and trying to remember where it was. Two weeks or three yeah. weeks ago yeah. and he was showing all the little edible flowers you can grow as well. So we'll, we'll grow edible flowers, we'll grow some fruiting plants like strawberries, we'll also grow some of the salad crops as well and really, the, 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 some of things that children want to grow themselves. 
Excellent. So okay. that's the veggie pod, and the that's just a, a really just let people know that we did pick a winner. Craig Moore and Claire Gordon right. were the winners. And we'll and be following their progress over will, the coming weeks. We will indeed, yeah. I just want to go back to the veggie pod there, yeah, and I just I, I see a couple of questions uh, quizzing in there at the end, just as we were discussing it. And this question was at the top of my list. How much does it cost? Right, so there are three different sizes. So the small one with the stand, with the cover, with the complete unit is 200 200 euros okay. for the small one. All right. yeah, that's the medium size one uh, retails at just under 300, 299. And the big one, the big one now is a huge table. I mean, right. it's, it's it's a couple of metres long, uh, about a metre deep. You grow a huge amount of stuff in it. And that retails at 479. Okay. So you're looking from 200 euros. But the thing but about good them, longevity, they're just, isn't they're that it? They're, they're a lifetime product. Once mm. you have it, you, you're not going to replace it again. Yeah, somebody and somebody else was wondering: Is it suitable for somebody using a wheelchair? Absolutely, it's perfect because mm. the, it let you, you. It's actually at waist high. Yeah. So there, and that's the thing with the kids. It's going to be perfect for them. There's not going to be no bending. They'll literally be able to put their hands in straight away. And, yeah, and, and I was thinking it. of the gardeners with the bad backs, of which well, there are many. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it might it might assist on that front as well. Okay, let's go back to some of the other questions, Pork. Now you did start to think by talking a little bit about roses. Maybe just a little bit more uh, people in general wondering about pruning roses now and climbing roses. Yeah, so again, the pruning of climbing roses should be done at this time of year. Um, so the traditional rose bushes like like Arthur Bell and, and all the popular ones, you prune, as I mentioned, within six in or eight inches of ground mm-hmm. level, put on the winter wash, clean them up, give them a feed, and that's them um, in good condition. Climbing roses, you shorten back the long stems by about two feet, and then all the side stems, you prune back to the main the main rods or the main stems. So you're shortening the main stem back by two feet and then all the side shoots, you shorten them back within an inch of the main stem. It's also a good time of year for planting all roses, both the bush roses, the flower carpet roses and climbing roses. a great time of year. Okay, now a couple of questions uh, relating to the moss and the use of the Osmo um, and today being a bit of a damp day. So wondering what time should a person leave between putting on the uh, Osmo or the Zero and the Osmo and the Dicofar? Okay, we're going to kill everything <laughs> in one go here, says Joe okay, and Chum. So, uh, so if we were going to do it all, Porek, so what's, what, what's okay, the time so frame? The steps are, first of all, cut your, get your lawn mowed. That's the first thing I would say. If you have it mowed, get on the Zero. The Zero kills moss literally overnight. So if you put it on today, the moss is dead by tomorrow. You can then put on the Osmo lawn feed Anytime you can put it on literally straight away if you wish, or you can leave it a day. The Osmo basically feeds the lawn without forcing growth. So it gives the lawn a lovely green colour without actually making it jump and it'll feed for up to three months. So the Zero is the product to kill the moss and then you follow up with the Osmo lawn feed just to green it up. The Dicofar is used for weed control. So if you've got things like clover or weeds in the lawn, my advice is to leave that till about the middle of March when the weeds are nice and soft. So do the zero first, do the Osmo. The Osmo is going to encourage the grass to green up. It'll also make the weeds a little bit softer and more receptive to the weed killer that can be used in March. Now, ideally, you should allow, if you've got dandelions in your your uh, lawn, yeah. allow those to flower first before give you go. Give the bees them. Give yeah, the bees, give the bees the a chance mm. to, to, uh, to, to collect the pollen from them. But look, at the main thing is the moss is the big issue at the moment. Get on the zero, get rid of that and follow up with the Osmo and that'll give it a lovely 
lovely green colour and you can worry about the weeds then later on in the late, late spring. And just in terms of weather conditions, wet versus dry? Well, ideally, ideally for the zero, it, you should have an hour's dry weather. So, you know, this morning isn't suitable. The week the week we had was absolutely perfect, perfect for it. So if you get a couple of, a dry hour tomorrow or on a Monday or whatever, um, put the zero on. The Osmo, it doesn't matter. You can actually put it on in the rain because you need the moisture to actually wash it in to, to get it going. So that can go on at any stage. Um, but the zero, ideally, on a dry day, it's a liquid. You mix it in water, you spray it over the area. And as you know, it works it literally works overnight. O- well, almost immediately. By yeah. the time you'll have yeah. the end of the garden done, you'll see it working you at in, the start. You you'll see the moss falling away, yeah. Okay, now, uh, Liam has a mature Lelandii hedge. Part of it is going brown and the wondering, is there anything he can do to prevent it? Not really. I mean, browning on Leylandii, um, you know, once you see the browning, that branch is actually dead. So that should be pruned out. Sometimes if they're heavily pruned, you get the browning. And just uh, as the Leylandii get older, they can often produce brown stems. Um, and, and it's just where the stem is actually dying away. So my advice really is to prune prune out anything that's, that has has gone brown and dead. It's not going to come back again. Um, lightly trim the overall hedge and Leylandii can be trimmed at this time of year. And, and hopefully some of that new growth will will fill in those bare patches. Uh, now, a three-year-old privet hedge, wondering what type of manure should we use on it and when? Okay, well, the first thing to do, so privet makes a fantastic hedge, a lovely dark green, easy to grow, and, and quite a vigorous hedge as well. The first thing I would do with it is to cut it back. So privet, if it's not trimmed, tends to get very leggy and uh, very bare at the base, so that's important. If it's three years old, I would be removing a minimum of a foot from the top of the hedge and reducing the sides by about six inches. So give it a good good tight haircut and then you can put on um, a tree and shrub fertiliser so something like uh, Pro 6 is very good again it's a slow release feed it'll help to green up the privet and give it a nice bit of, of colour so the first thing is to trim it back prune it back and that would apply to laurels as well and grisolinia and um, escalonia at this time of year trim them back tidy them up the, the pruning the reason I encourage the pruning is that encourages new growth it's like cutting your hair the, the hair starts to grow faster <laughs> So the same thing with plants. The, the physical pruning actually stimulates new growth and that's what we're looking for by pruning a hedge. You're looking for the, f- the hedge to become nice and thick and dense and full um, rather than pruning it in a month's time and you're dumping away, you know, six or eight inches of new growth. Now is the time to do that. So trim it back, feed it with a tree and shrub feed. The Pro 6 would be excellent and this time of year is ideal. They're all kicking into growth at the moment. Now, uh, somebody's wondering, is, is there any variety of onion that is less likely to bolt in the summer? Last year, a lot of my onions and shallots bolted. And that was down to the heat, the heat of the summer. Like plants, bolting is basically where the onions run to seed. They produce their flower and, the, and the, so the, the plant is, is physically trying to reproduce itself. So it's... it's um, it's kind of a, a survival mode for the onion, the poor old onion. Uh, so when they're growing actively and there's plenty of moisture, they tend to build up the bulb really strongly. But if they get a, a checked growth, like the heat we had last summer, lots of onions went to seed. Um, so, so that would be more a characteristic of, of the, the year weather. thing. Now, having said that, there's a, uh, an onion called Bedfordshire Champion. Bedfordshire. It's always a tongue Bed- twister. Bedfordshire oh, Champion. <laughs> So that's a brilliant variety. It's, you sow it from seed at this time of year. It produces really, really big onions that don't bolt and that store extremely well. So that can be sown indoors uh, in a seed tray at this time of year for planting out in about a month's time. And um, Bedfordshire Champion is an excellent variety. Now, having said that, in the bulbs, there's a lovely white onion called Snowball. 
It's got beautiful white, pure white. Really? Yeah, it's a lovely variety. So you buy the bulbs at this time of year, you plant them out of doors. It's ready to harvest then in July. That's quite good as well. Lovely for salads. Um, you've got Sturon, which again is a yellow onion, which is really good as well and, and tends to be resistant to bolting. So again, pop into your local garden centre, look for Snowball, Sturon or Bedfordshire Champion. Bedfordshire Champion. <laughs> and if it was a situation now, and it's very difficult to say at this point whether we might have uh, another summer uh, akin to the l- last year, yeah. one hopes to a degree anyway. If you know, mm. if you water well, uh, these helps. vegetables a bit yeah. more at the time, will that... That yeah. will certainly help, yeah. If you, if you can stop that kind of check to grow. That's really what the heat is doing. The plant is, is under moisture stress. The heat then kind of triggers it into producing um, producing flowers. So, yeah, if you can water it, you'll certainly reduce the bulging aspect of it. Okay, Alba says, uh, good morning. I've been digging up some non-stop begonia bulbs and noticed hundreds of white grubs. Is there anything I can do to save them? It happens every year and as I use a lot of them, it's expensive to replace them each year. Also, how can I stop the plants growing too tall and lanky once the tubers have started to form leaves? Okay, so great question. Mm. Right, well, first of all, I would advocate the begonias should be lifted in the autumn, ideally. Uh, leaving them over the winter, you, you run the risk of them rotting because they are tender. Now, this year is, is slightly different because it's been so mild, so we're kind of getting away with plants that would, you would normally bring in. Um, you know, even geraniums, I've seen geraniums surviving the winter out of doors this winter um, so because it's been so mild. What's on the begonias is a pest called vine weevil very, very uh, destructive on begonias. They absolutely love them and they bore into the actual tuber Mm. and keep gnawing away all winter long. So you can lift the, the, the begonia bulbs you can physically remove the vine weevil because they're very visible. It's very easy to see them. You can brush them off. No, I was going to say, it mightn't be that pleasant <laughs> to be... Right. Yeah, that mightn't be everyone's cup of tea, Boric. So the other thing you can do is to soak them in a bit of disinfectant. So something like Detol or any disinfectant will actually kill the vine weevil off. So you could literally gather up the begonia bulbs Get a, uh, uh, take off any soil that's on them, fill it, a bucket of water with Detol and drop them into it. Leave for an hour and they, the pests will be completely dead. And that won't affect the bulb not itself? Not at all, not, not in the least. You can simply then just pot up the begonia bulbs, keep them indoors, and once they start to sprout, you have the option then of dividing them. Like the dahlias, mm. if you start them indoors, you've got that extra benefit of being able to multiply and propagate your begonia plants. As they start to grow, like many plants, if you take the centre of the plant out, if you pinch it back, that will keep them shorter, bushier, more colourful. So I think the so that might prevent the, lo- the long, exactly. the tall and lanky aspect. That's exactly what it will do. And keeping them in, in, in light and keeping them slightly dry helps to keep them more turgid as well. It keeps them shorter, bushier. Um, so if they're too moist, too wet, too much liquid feed, you tend to get that legginess in begonias. And because the flowers are so heavy, they tend to fall over and break. So my advice is clean them off, put them into a bit of Detol, pot them up within an hour and as they sprout in the next couple of weeks just pinch back the shoots you can subdivide them as well and you don't plant begonias out until May until the risk of frost has passed so keep them indoors greenhouse tunnel conservatory windowsill that type of thing for the next couple of months now, Kevin says if you discuss potatoes today can you please include some info on growing them in bags type and what amount of compost and type of feed and when watering etc I have never done it before oh wow shall we discuss them <laughs> first time well we, 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 well, it's well up, that's okay. up to you so yeah. let me let me quite quickly potatoes 
are brilliant to grow in pots and containers. You don't need very deep containers, so don't be putting them into kind of big oak barrels or big deep containers because the depth doesn't make any difference really. So you're looking for a pot that might have a foot or 10, 15 inches of soil depth. And in that pot, and, and get a pot that's fairly wide, put in some organic compost, put three potatoes into the compost, mm-hmm. fill, put another six inch layer of compost, put another three potatoes. So you're creating two layers in the in the one pot or in a bag. You can do them in a refuse bag or container. Simply put them out of doors on your patio. Continue to water them. They'll start to grow. And by the middle of June, late early July, they'll be ready for harvesting. So you know when the potatoes are ready because they come into flower. So when they're full of flower, that's the time to slip your hand into the pot and take the potatoes out and grow some of the new varieties, the early varieties. So there's an excellent one called Foremost that does really well in pots because it's short in stature. So it's, it's quite short, mm-hmm. the stems, it doesn't fall over. And it produces early, first early potatoes um, by the middle of June if they plant them up now at this time of year. But there are other good varieties like Sharps Express, which is really nice. Colleen, which is an Irish variety. Um, Sharps Express, Colleen, Red Duke of York, Ordinary Duke of York. Any of those are brilliant in pots and containers. So pot them up now, leave them out in your patio. If you have a tunnel or a greenhouse, stick them in there and you'll have them a month early. But potatoes are one of the easiest plants to grow um, in containers. You don't need to be digging, putting them out in the garden soil. You can literally grow them in pots. And great for kids as well to plant them because they're very tactile. You know, they're, you're can see the big the tuber, tuber yeah. within within a month or six weeks they're coming through the soil and they get excited when they're growing and see them coming into flower and then they're the child that grows a potato eats a potato <laughs> so if you're having difficulties folks yeah. there you go um but okay there's plenty of good chipping varieties as well there like are maris piper <laughs> and um so on that that are brilliant for chipping okay we'll, kevin we will be coming back to potatoes again yeah, over the detail. coming weeks yeah, in, in yeah. more detail but yeah. that hopefully Normally will Patrick's give you a flavor yeah. st patrick's day is kind of the traditional plant bud planting time. Having said that, they're in your garden centre at the moment. You can get the seed and start sprouting them indoors so that you get them off to an early start. Some people are commenting about weather. One person says it's not a very nice day for the second day of spring. Well, it's not that bad and it's not nearly as bad as it was this time last year. And also, uh, somebody says don't talk too soon about not having any hard frost uh, with the yellow hammers and the field fair eating at the bird table. We still have uh, a few raw days, I think, to go. We are going to get frost. I mean, frost is promised. I think for a Sunday night, mm. in going into Monday, and um, we will we will still get grass frost and frost the, right up till the end of April. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Is what it is. It's the weather. There's, look, we'll just have to take it as it comes, isn't that it? Exactly. Uh, right. Let's talk about orchards with young apple trees and Brilliant. what flowers or roses to attract the bees, please. Okay. Well, interesting enough. The um, in the OPW gardens in the Phoenix Park, you know, I'm a great visitor yes. of, of the Wall Garden there because it's free and people should go up and see it. And if you're into growing fruit and vegetables and herbs, no better place. So that's the OPW in, in the Phoenix Park, right beside the zoo, um, at the visitor centre there. But the reason I mention them is they have apple trees growing on frames and also against their wall. And right at the base of them, they plant oregano. Oh, with an, with an oregano. Oh, now I think I get it. Can I use oregano herb <laughs> at the base is the next question. But I thought it was a separate question. No, no, okay. No. So the guys there, the gardeners there, grow oregano right at the base of the apple trees because they're flowering at the same time. It brings the bees into the orchard. They visit the organic or the organic, the 
oregano flowers, flowers. and they visit the um, apple trees as well. So oregano would be certainly great a great mix. You can also in your local garden centre you'll get um, generally a collection. I've, I've actually one with me. There's a, a, a a selection of bulbs that are suited for bees and butterflies. Oh, so you can get a kind of a range of plants. Remember that the apples are flowering late March, April into early May. So you need plants that are flowering around that time of year. So the oregano would be a, a, a brilliant plant uh, to do that. Now, having said all of that, generally apple trees are very attracted our bees are very attracted to apples anyway. Um, the main thing is to make sure that you've got apples of, of different varieties that flower at the same time. Um, or you can even plant something like a malice, the flowering crab, the ornamental crab, in the orchard as well. And that helps to bring the bees in because, again, the flowering crab flowers at the same time as the apple trees. So try some more again. Okay. Yeah. Now, somebody has two has cut roses and they're two weeks in water. I'm wondering, did Valentine's, they get them for Valentine's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, weeks, yeah, they on. seem to have buds on them and they're wondering, will they grow if I plant them out? Well, there's a good chance that they will. If they're in water, look to see have they initiated any little white roots at the base of the stem. So roses will do that. If you take a, a cutting of them and put them into compost or water, they'll often initiate little buds uh, or little white roots. So that's important because the buds will tend to come anyway because there's enough energy in the cut stem to produce little buds, you know, little growth buds mm. um, particularly when they're inside but um, just check on the stem the stem that's in the water, if you see some white roots then the, they've rooted, mm. they're starting to root you can simply take them out, cut them back put them into pots of compost grow them on and plant them out of doors okay. in, in April or May. Didn't think it'd be that easy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah rose, rose cuttings are quite you know, they do uh, root quite okay. readily quite easily. Most roses are generally grafted onto a rootstock because yeah. it, it the rootstock gives them a stronger base and, and you tend to get more longevity out of the rose than, than uh, on its own roots as it were just as cuttings. So when you buy a rose it's a fusion of the actual variety of rose and, and the, the, rootstock. the rootstock yeah, so it's commercially grafted but having said that roses like flower carpet and so on will root as cuttings you can take little cuttings of them root them we often chat about it in mm. the middle of the summer it's a good time to take them in July and August more so than at this time of year yeah. but look at if there's little white roots at the base of the stem they've obviously started to root pot them up cut them back grow them on the windowsill and plant them out of doors and they will flower this, this coming summer Now I have a bed of daffodils but it's covered in a green weed with a yellow flower on it if I spray it will it kill all the daffodils or what's the best to use? Well, if you spray anything, of course, it's going to damage the daffodils. So my advice is to get out the garden hoe if you need to, um, or just hand weed the area. Garden mm. hoe, you know, can be safely used at this time of year. And again, we have the f- superb weather um, for for just scuffling off old, old roses or old uh, weeds off, off areas, off beds. And, you know, if you pick a weed at this time of year and stop it becoming a problem, you know... <clears throat> You'll be quite happy bit, you did it. Yeah, a little bit of work in, in February and March saves a, a t- tremendous amount of work um, during the summer. I often mention the... I have a uh, the hoe I use is one called Wolf. It's got a blade on either side. I have that about 10 or 12, 12 years now. And it's one of the best garden implements like within an hour shooting around the garden with the garden hoe you'll loads of work done ah yeah 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 so that's what I would do using any herbicide is going to damage your daffodils now you can wait for the daffodils to flower to disappear in in six weeks time and then if you want you can spray the area quite safely but the, the, the daffodils need to be dormant at that stage 
So take out your hoe for now. Get out the, get out the garden hoe, yeah, and tidy them up. Now, I have a Uriops plant in a large pot outdoors all winter. I notice there are flower buds forming already on the top. Is this unusual as it flowered in June last year? Yeah, normally Uriops, Uriops comes to us from South Africa, if memory serves me right. Um, it's got beautiful bright yellow daisy-like flower, a bit like an osteospernum. And it flowers generally from April right through until November, you know, often even into December. And if we get a mild winter, you'd often get a few flowers. So I'm not surprised that the the flower buds are on it so early because, and that's just indication of A, the mild winter that we've had and B, the, uh, just the good weather we've had over the last six weeks. So Uriops can get a little bit leggy, can get a bit untidy. So depending on if the plant is nice and bushy and full and the flower buds are right at the top, then just enjoy it. Let it come into flower and um, it'll flower literally from March right through till mm. to the end of the summer. If it's gone a little leggy, which they tend to do, then my advice would be to prune it back now, shorten it back by half. It'll regrow again and by April it'll be back in flowering again. So it's a really nice plant, Uriops very easy to grow quite a vigorous little thing great for kind of filling up an area not totally frost hardy so if we got a, a very cold winter you would tend to lose it right so it's, it's it's one of those plants that you know it's kind of on the borderline of being hardy because it comes to us from South Africa it, it it generally enjoys a, it slightly, a, a slightly climate. warmer climate yeah, than does, uh, we might yeah. be able to offer yeah. it as a but rule anyway. a great anyway. little plant. Look for it in your local garden centre, Uriops. It's generally available about the middle of March, early April and it f- literally flowers for probably 10 months of the year. Now, when do we cut back a lilac tree? After flowering. After flowering. So rem- keep that in your mind that spring flowering plants are pruned after flowering and we define spring flowering plants that anything that flowers from January to the end of June is or to mid-June is spring flowering. So lilacs are generally in flower in May so leave them alone, let them flower and then after flowering cut them back and they're going to be brilliant again this year. Now, this is interesting. Mm. Uh, herbs were recommended for my son who has a sensory condition. Oh, right. I don't have a clue where to start. Can you suggest some types and how and where to grow them? Yeah, great, and it's a it's a great solution, really, when you think of it, because herbs, by their nature, are very tactile. So some, like lemon balm, have, have kind of a ribbed leaf on them, and they smell of lemons. Yes. Uh, thyme is small little leaves, but they're quite leathery, and, and again, from even just a, a physical texture, they're very interesting because of the you know they're they're kind of rubbery. Yeah. But again, there's a fantastic smell of them. I actually have rosemary, rosemary with me here today, yeah, yeah. which would be a brilliant herb to use. And also the good strong smell of it, and sage. I always think because that's quite tactile as well. It's velvety. Yeah, Yeah. sage has a kind of velvet, hairy type of leaf. Fabulous scent. Um, And they all have a very, very distinctive and different scent as well. So I can understand from a sensory point of view um, it's a a brilliant idea actually. So what what would I grow? Well, all the popular herbs. So things like sage, rosemary, thyme, lemon balm, um, not so much parsley because well, parsley still would have a, a scent on it bay leaf would be very good it's got a very smooth leaf mm-hmm. large leaf yes. and a fantastic uh, scent as well um, maybe some of the garlic chives ordinary chives could be used as well so oregano would be lovely as lovely. well oregano yeah. has a kind of lovely for pizzas and Italian dishes and so on and later on in the summer maybe some basil as well now basil is a little bit more sensitive you can grow it indoors so the child could enjoy it indoors. But any of those herbs, they're available as plants now. You can see this one is quite strong, ready for planting out. And literally you can start touching and feeling them. Mm. And, and most of them come into flower as well. They produce flowers during the summer period. So a wide range. They can grow them in window boxes, containers. You can grow them in the small veggie pod that you we were can, talking about. absolutely. All of that type of... Um, 
They're, they're actually very easy yeah. to grow and most herbs, because they're Mediterranean, require kind of pots and containers are ideal for them. They require very little washing, very little care and um, regular trimming really is, is the key with them and probably grow a selection of herbs that you're actually going to use in the home. Yeah, that but everyone gets a bit that of a benefit. gets a bit of a benefit from. So all the popular herbs, the bays, the, the, the sage, the thyme, we're coming up to Easter so with mint maybe, yes. bit of mint. And there's such a huge varieties of mint. There are, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so many different varieties of them. They do tend to spread a bit of a bit, so they're better Keep in them contained. containers. You can get mm. chocolate mint, you can get apple mint, spearmint, lemon mint, lemon mint, the whole lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so look, there's a, it's a great idea for children, very tactile, both the foliage yep. and the scent, and, and a great great sensory yeah. and available a lot of them are available now as small plants oh yeah or you can also sow them from seed yes you can yeah. you can sow them from seed yeah and they're, they're easy from seed or, or propagate them from cuttings but lots of them in, uh, as plants now mm. in garden centres yeah okay just one or two more quickies before we wrap up um let me see now. What flower bulbs can I sow now in pots that will last a long time? Well, I suppose well, we we're talking a bit of that already. The, the dahlias, and they come in like dwarf varieties, medium, medium size and some for cutting. Begonias are brilliant in pots. Agapanthus, the African lily, is lovely. You can get scented lilies that you plant at this time of year and will again will flower in June, July uh, sort of period. So there's lots. Going to your local garden centre, there's lots and lots. Uh, what we're seeing quite a lot of now, dear, is the bulb companies putting collections together. So you can act, they'll actually put the collection together. So you don't have to be buying separate packets or something. Even thinking about it. They have it Kind of They've already done it. They've bagged it for you already. So that one is a bees and butterflies collection, but you can get one for pots or containers as well. And this is the time of year to start planting them up. Okay. Somebody wondering about where those veggie pods are available. Well, they're available online if you go online, um, or they're available in, in any of the garden centres and in, in Hawkins Garden Centres. Okay. You can come in and see physically. See, we built a couple of them and planted them up so people can physically see them. And you'll get a few ideas then. You as can well. get a few ideas from them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, just to say, I'm in the garden centre later on today, mm-hmm. so I'll be there from one o'clock through till half five today. So if people want to pop down to the gar- our garden centre in Turlock and Castlebar, um, I'll be available there to answer any questions or show people around. Okay, and very finally, um, Tina's wondering um, a a number of years ago sulphate of iron was recommended quite a lot. Why isn't it recommended quite as much now? Sulphate of iron still works but it's a sulphate of iron Hard work! Well, if you've ever used it it's it's a it's it's a I won't say a nasty product, but it's a difficult product to use. It's, it it's scorches things really. It does. It, it can burn the the lawn as well if it goes on too heavily. So, sulphur of iron will still work if you've got it in in in, in the shed. Yeah. You can mix it up in water and apply it. But the zero is just a cleaner product. It doesn't stain the the lawn. It'll kill the moss without um, discolouring the the grass. And it's very effective. It literally works overnight. Okay, great stuff. We're going to leave it there. Thanks indeed, Park. Great to have you back, it's as uh, back. everybody Enjoying is it. saying. And uh, from my side of things as well and uh, we'll be looking forward to more of the same and lots more besides next week until then have yourselves a great weekend do stand by coming up here on Midwest after the news at 10 we have the very best in country right through until 1 o'clock with the one and only Michael Neary from me Deirdre Kelly until next Saturday just after 7 good morning to you